See in Genesis 1.28, that in the beginning God blessed them, amen, and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. And you know, that is the will of God for all of his heirs, for heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, to be blessed in the city, to be blessed in the field, to be blessed coming in, and to be blessed going out. We've talked about certain ingredients for this blessed life. One which is faithfulness and obedience and the fear of the Lord. And so today we want to talk a little bit about those that are living the blessed life are also living a thankful life. Amen. When the blessing of the Lord is upon your life, his favor is on you. His provision is flowing through you and his will is being done in your life. Thankful people are generous people. Generosity is the liberality of giving, of loving, caring, sharing, and helping through money, time, words, influence, forgiveness, affection, attention, resources, and talents. I'm telling you folks, when we are operating in a spirit of generosity, it will overcome selfishness, stinginess, pride, lack, covetous, fear, and even depression. Generous people are thankful people. Not looking at what they don't have, but thanking God for what they do have. Mac Hammond, a good friend of mine in Minneapolis, Minnesota, said this of generosity. That if you want to cultivate gratefulness or thanksgiving, deliberately move your words from what you don't have and thoughts from what you don't have to what you do have. For you will always have something for which you can be grateful for. And so cultivating a lifestyle of thanksgiving, what it does is it increases your capacity to receive from the Lord. And when our ability to, uh, to receive from the Lord increases, guess what happens? Amen. His involvement in our life will also be increased. So I want to say to you today, enter the password, guys. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Come before his presence with singing. Make yourself at home, talking praise, thanking him and worshiping him. I tell you, the easiest way that I know of to keep my mind upon the Lord is by being thankful. The psalmist said in Psalm 134, verse 1, he said, I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. No, I'll bless the Lord at all times. You know what all times are? All times are all times. In the good times. In the not so good times. In the valley. On the mountaintop. On 880. On BART. At Lucky. In Safeway. At a 49ers game in church, I will bless the Lord. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. In verse 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. The word magnify simply means to make bigger. And whatever that we magnify in our lives, we give place to in our lives. 
And one way that we magnify the Lord is simply by being thankful. So how about 10 seconds of shouting and praise and just giving thanks? Go ahead. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory be to you. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Woo, glory. Glory. Come on, somebody. Woo. <laughs> Glory. Glory. Glory to God. Hey, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the mighty name of Jesus is to be praised. If we don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out. I don't want any rocks doing my praising. I don't want any mountains doing my praising. All I want the mountains to do is be removed. But I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to lift up my hands. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord my God. Woo! Who always causes you to triumph. Hallelujah. What's that odor I smell in the house today? It is old day victory. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph and manifest the savor of his glory and manifest the savor, the odor of his presence in this place. What's that sound I hear? What's that sound I hear? It's the sound of the redeemed shouting glory. What's that sound I hear? It's the sound of the redeemed lifting up their voice and praising and shouting and giving him glory. What's that sound I hear? It's the sound of the faithful moving in faith without fear. It's the song of the redeemed, the sound of the redeemed. Come on, guys, 10 more seconds. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Woo. <laughs> Glory to God. Hey. Car takes the ball, goes back, throws a touchdown. Raiders win. You're not going to just sit there and go, hmm. Quarterback for the 49ers playing the Packers today. Takes the ball. There's three seconds left. He throws a touchdown. You're not going to sit there like. <laughs> Come on, give the Lord a shout today in the house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Well, somebody said, well, I, I'm not a Raiders fan. 
I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm not a We're not talking about a sports fan. We're talking about a Jesus fan in this place. You know what a fanatic is, don't you? A fanatic is just someone that's more excited about Jesus than you are. Amen. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. A generous soul stems from a grateful heart. As it relates to giving, God is looking for cheerful givers. You know, I just can't help it. I got to tell this joke. Anytime I hear the word cheerful, I think about this. You know, an older man, he was 92 years old and he was hard of hearing. So he went to see a doctor and he was complaining about chest pains. The doctor told him what to do and sent him on his way. A few, few weeks goes by and he sees the man walking in a park with this beautiful young lady. The doctor approaches the old man and says, Oh man, you look much better than you did the last time. He says, Well, I just took your advice. You told me to get a hot mama and be cheerful. The doctor said, No, 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 no. I said, You have a heart murmur. Be careful. It's all right. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> hey, glory. Listen, boys, you're never too old. <laughs> He's looking for a cheerful bunch. Cheerful people are happy people. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, God loves, he takes pleasure, prizes above everything, and is not willing to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Now, it's not so much this way here, but all over the land, offering time is usually the most solemn, quiet time. So it begs the question, why don't people get happier? Because they're thinking subtraction rather than multiplication. God told us that if we will sow our seed out of a pure motive, that he will multiply the seed sown. In 2 Corinthians 9.10 it says, God provides seed for the sower and bread for your eating. He will also multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in goodness, kindness, and in charity. Come on, somebody. But not only that, when we as a church sow and you as a church bring your tithes and offerings to the Lord, it causes people to get happy. It causes thanksgiving to abound. In verse 11, he says, Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way, so that you can be generous, and your generosity, as it is administered by us, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. What are you saying? I'm saying that we should give with an expectation of increases. We should give with the thought in mind that his promises are true. You can give your way out of debt right into abundance. Now why is that? Because the seed is guaranteed. Your seed has a return address on it. Your harvest never gets confused. And with God, hey... 
payday is not always on the first. <laughs> payday is not always on the 15th. But you mark it down. God's paydays are coming. Hallelujah. So don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promises. See, the writer of Proverbs was accurate when he said in verse 24 and 25 of Proverbs 11, it says, There is one who scatters, yet what happens? He increases more. And there is one who holds more than is right or more than is appropriate. Didn't say he didn't give. It says he was withholding. But it leads to lack. Next verse. The generous soul will be made rich. And who, whoever waters will also be watered himself. Again, it doesn't say he didn't give. It says he was holding back the appropriate amount. You see, sometimes we think if we withhold money, we'll have more money. But really, if we hold on too tightly, we'll have less money. When you tithe, God will bring increase. And when you have increase, you can sow your seed. And when you sow your seed, you set yourself up for multiplied blessings from the head of the church. It says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Young's translation says, He who is sowing in blessings, in blessings shall he also reap. I believe this. I believe it's true. The lack doesn't come from the money you don't have. It comes from the money that you do have, that you should not have, that you should have sown. All right, sit down, everybody. I know you're excited. God's sowing system will always, always outperform man's sowing system, man's saving system. One of the greatest preachers that ever lived, John Wesley, said this. He said, it's not how much money will I give to God, but how much of God's money will I keep for myself? And Frank said this, no one has ever become poor by giving. And so your generosity, our generosity as a church, is a way that God brings increase into our lives. Your tithing and your giving will open up supernatural resources to you. A lot of people have got wrong ideas about money. You know, they, well, you know, they get real religious and they talk about money in a funny way. It's kind of like this story I heard about this man. He was a grouch. And you know, a lot of times grouchy people are stingy people. A lot of times grouchy people are, I mean, they're just, they're just kind of tied up, bound up, so into themselves that they can't see outside their own house. In this guy's case, he couldn't see outside of his attic. Because he told his wife, he said, look, he said, I am going to be the first one to take my money with me when I die. He was mean to her. And he says, as a matter of fact, all my money is in the attic and I'm going to take it with me. You watch. Well, the guy croaked. His wife climbed up in the attic and found all the money still there. She said, hmm, I guess he should have put it in the basement. So he could get it on the way down.
You know, Raul, you worked at the airport for a number of years, right? You worked at the airport, and you know what happens. You go to the airport, and if you don't have TSA approved, they make you take your shoes off. I mean, everything but your drawers. Everything comes off. And you think, oh, brother. Brenda and I look, did we get TSA approved? I did, but you didn't. She'll stick her tongue out. Anyway. But you know, when you go through there, and if you forgot to take something out of your pocket, what happens when you walk through? Ah, ah, ah. Come over here, sir, please. We're going to do a search. Go through again. Oh, oh, oh. I think we ought to have a tithe detector in the front. And when someone comes to church and they walk through and they go, boom, 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 boom. That's your cue not to sit next to them. They might just be a thief. Oh, 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 oh. Did I say that? It's true. We rob God of the blessing in blessing our lives when we don't bring our tithes and our offerings. I think we better move right along. The truth is this. Your generosity, your giving, it gets God's attention. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 41 through 44, it says this. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. You can just see him. Some of the rich people, you know, given about maybe a tenth, not even a tenth, but just a little bit. Mmm. Mmm. Hmm. He's watching. Many rich people put in large amounts, but then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Think about it. Even though she had less financial ability than the rich people, Jesus' eyes was on the most generous person there. He gives special attention to generous givers. You don't have to be a wealthy person to be generous and to get God's attention. You must first have it in your heart to give. That's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. By the Spirit, I believe. It's first in your heart. And when it's in your heart, He'll make sure that He gets it in your hand. He'll get it in your hand. But don't wait to give big numbers. Give out of a big heart. If you're a widow, give the widow's might. And you will get the attention of God. You see, being generous is different to different people. What I'm saying is this. You can be more generous than people that have more money than you do. It's not about equal gifts. It's about equal sacrifice. Anyone can qualify. Are you listening? And I I just want you to know that the starting place of generosity starts with the tithe. It starts with the tenth. In Malachi, we see in the third chapter... Say with me, the tithe is my first step to honoring God with my money. It's the beginning of generosity. In Malachi 3, in verse 10, he says, bring all the tithes where? 
What is the storehouse? The storehouse is the place you get fed. You know, if you live in the Bay Area and Heart of the Bay Christian Center is your home church, then by and large, your giving should be here. Now, I'm not saying you're not, you know, we're not putting anybody in bondage. You can give to other ministries. I'm not saying that. But if this is your home, if this is where you're fed, if this is where your children are blessed, if this is where your youth are blessed, you see, bring it to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. You're getting meat right now. But meat is not only coming forth from this pulpit. Meat is coming forth in children's church right now. Meat is coming forth in the children's ministry and in the preschool ministry. There's all sorts of good food taking place in this house. And what your tithes and our tithes do, it enables us to keep up with our budgets. It enables us to have more than enough to see to it that everything is taken care of and so that we can continue to be a great blessing. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Here's what happens. He said here in this verse, He said, If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and I'm going to pour you out a blessing that you can hardly have room enough to receive. You see, God has a million ways to get you a million dollars. He's got streams of provision. He's the source, but He's got many windows. Oh, hallelujah. So don't limit Him as the children of Israel limited Him and were overthrown in the wilderness. Don't allow yourself to be overthrown by what you see, overthrown by your flesh. Don't allow yourself to moan and groan and complain as they did. But rather give praise, give thanksgiving. Honor me with your substance, saith the Lord. And I will open unto you ideas. I will open unto you things that you never thought possible. And I will take you places that you never ever have been before. For I am your God and I'm on your side. And I'm going before you to prosper you in your way. Hallelujah. I believe that. Streams of provision. Streams of provision. I'm thanking God for streams of provision. How about you? And it's to His advantage to increase you. Because He can trust you. And when He can trust you, He can bring more increase into your life. Because He knows you're not going to move to the Bahamas. He knows you're not going to live your life on a golf course. He knows you're not going to live your life in a movie theater. He knows where you are. He can trust you. He can pour out His blessings upon you. Because you will allow His provision to flow through you. Sit down everybody. I know, I know, I know. Hallelujah. Heard a story about a rich man. And this is a true story. He went to his pastor. He says, Pastor, you know, I've tied all my life. And I've got a lot of money now. See, some people let money go to their head. And when they get money, they forget about God. He gives us the power to get wealth. But once we get wealth, we're not to forget His covenant. And so, i got a lot of money now, Pastor. In fact, I've got so much money, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give a little something here and there. He, he dropped by to tell the pastor, I can't give 10% anymore. The pastor says, well, that's fine, fine. But let me pray with you before you leave. So they knelt down and the pastor prayed this prayer. Lord, I ask you to reduce my brother's income. 
to the place where he'll be able to tithe again. You imagine, he said, oh, no, 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 that's fine. I'll, I'll bring my tithe. See, being a tither is non-negotiable. 10% of the money that comes into our hands belongs to the Lord. It belongs to Him. And God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. How many of you have heard of a guy by the name of William Colgate? He was the founder of the Colgate Company, shaving cream and toothpaste company. And William Colgate said he started tithing as a young man. And then he increased his tithing to 20%, and then 30%, and then 40%, and then 50%. Eventually, he said he saved enough money to live on and to give God all of his income. See, we're not out to make a living. We're out to make a giving. Don't limit God to your job. Now, I didn't say, thus saith the Lord, quit your job. No, no, no. Don't quit your job and call the church expecting us to pay your PG&E bill and your rent. No, no, no. That's foolishness. But go to your job with the right intention. You're doing this as unto the Lord. You're going to honor Him. Start at 10%, but don't stop at 10%. Because anything over 10% is a seed. And a man's harvest in life depends entirely on what he sows. We really haven't sown seed until we've tithed. And when we sow our seed, which is beyond the 10%, we are now in position to have that seed that has been sown multiplied. And when that seed is multiplied, you can give more and even be a greater blessing. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. You ever heard of John D. Rockefeller? He was an American oil industry industrialist and philanthropist. He began tithing at eight years old. He said, get your kids to tithe, guys. Get them to tithe. It'll take selfishness right out of their soul. He said, I tithed on every dollar that was entrusted to me. And he said this, and I quote, I want to say to you that I could never have tithed on my first million if I had not tithed on my first salary of $1.50 a week. He is widely considered one of the wealthiest Americans of all time. And I'm telling you folks, you have heaven's resources. When I said that God will open you the windows of heaven, all of heaven stands at attention. Not only when we mention his name. But when we speak forth the word of life, the angels of the Lord that are, that are encamped all around us go forth and cause blessing to come into our lives. How many of you know that every one of you have angels? I didn't say demons, I said angels. Now I had a truckload of demons before I was born again. But once I got born again, I got me a big angel. I got big angels. I mean, huge ones. How do you know that? In the spirit, this little girl, Jim Caseman's daughter, she was just a little girl. I was saved only about three or four months. And I was down in Calvin Plumley's basement. We were having an intercessory prayer meeting. This is before I went to Ramah, before I met Brenda. This would have been 1975 when Jim Caseman came to be our pastor. 
And so we're praying. And God opened up her spiritual eyes. You know what that is? That's discerning of spirits. Where you can see angels. You can see demonic forces as God wills for you to deal with. And God opened up her eyes. And she saw standing over me this great, big, huge angel. I said, well, what did he look like? She said, he looked like Mr. Clean. Now, if you see Mr. Clean as a senior, he's not as buff as he was. But back there in the 70s, Mr. Clean was buff. We got some buff angels. We need to understand this. Increase comes when the windows of heaven are opened. And God gets involved by sending his angels to be involved with your finances. Did you know that angels can connect you to promotions? Angels can connect you with the right people at the right time when you're in the right place. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We better shout five more seconds. Come on. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Warring angels. Protecting angels. I'm sure one thing, the angels of the Lord have protected me more than once from dying. But I'm also persuaded that the angels of the Lord have helped me in the financial realm personally and in this church. In Hebrews 1.14, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits? Speaking of angels, that they've been sent forth to minister for them who are heirs of salvation. It doesn't say that they've been sent forth to minister to us, but for us. And one way that they minister for us is by obeying the commandments of the Lord that come out of our mouth. Look at Psalms 103, verse 19 and 20. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I've been speaking 28 minutes. Relax. Verse 19, it says, The Lord has prepared His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom rules over what? Verse 20, notice this. Bless the Lord, you His angels, that excel in strength. Can angels come along and strengthen us if we need it? But not only that, they do His commandments. In other words, they hearken unto the voice of what? Of His Word. Not just the Word in His mouth, but His Word in your mouth. They listen to what you say, and they hearken to what you say, and they go forth to bring what you say to be influenced and even come to pass. Even in the finances. Even in money. Now what I'm about to share with you will work for you individually, but it'll also work for this church. Brother Hagen had been a pastor for 12 years. And he left the pastorate and went out on road ministry, itinerant ministry. And all of his needs were met while he was a pastor. But when he went out on the itinerant ministry, he was suffering serious lack. And he went to the Lord and he said, Lord, what's going on? He said, you told me to leave the churches and just go out and minister from church to church. And the Lord said to him, yeah, you were obedient, all right, but you weren't willing. Wow. 
You know, the Bible says if you be willing and obedient, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat the good of the land. Brother Hagin says, it didn't take me long to get willing. I got willing in a hurry. <laughs> so he said, I got willing real quickly. And at that time, now to understand this is way back in the 40s. His budget per week when he'd go hold a meeting was $150. $150 then is like probably three, 4000 now. I don't know. But the Lord spoke to him and said, now don't pray about money the way you've been praying about it anymore. He says, really? He said, what should I do? He said, claim what you need. He said, what you need is down here. God says, I'm not a counterfeiter. I'm not raining $20 bills down from heaven. If I were, I'd be a counterfeiter. He said, what you need is in the earth. The silver and the gold are his. The cattle of a thousand hills are his. And if it's his, it's ours. Because we're in him and he's in us and we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. He says, you just claim what you need. And he said, after you've claimed what you need, you tell the devil to take his hands off of your money. In other words, rise up and use your authority. Because God is not the withholder, the devil is the withholder. He'll try to withhold every dime, every penny, every connection from you. But whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So you take your place, you take your authority, and you tell Satan to take his hands off your money. And then he said, once you've done that, you address those ministering spirits. And you say, ministering spirits, go and cause the money to come. He said when he did that, he tried it out in his first church. He wouldn't tell the pastor what he needed. Because if he told the pastor, the pastor would have fainted. Because $150 back in those days for some of those small churches would be like 20000 for this. So he just claimed it and he proved it out. Lo and behold, the money came. The ministering spirits influence people for good. Evil spirits influence people for bad. I had a truckload of them, so I know what I'm talking about. But oh, thank God. He's given his angels charge over you to keep you and to minister for you as you are an heir of salvation. So I don't know what your need is. You know what your needs are. You need to claim it. You need to claim it. Tell the devil to take his stinking, rotten, filthy hands off of it. And get the angels involved. And God will open unto you. And open unto this church. More resources than we've ever thought possible. For he is God. And he is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. And it's according to the power of God. That's working in us. I double dog dare you. Scripturally, I charge you, I encourage you, I implore you to get serious about this and stop putting up with lack. Stop putting up with deficits and start proclaiming that you have a covenant with a covenant-keeping God and He supplies your every need. And here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. When we give as a church, it creates unbelievable momentum. 
when we set in motion the law of seed time and harvest, when we have a church full of generous givers, it means there's going to be more than enough. More returns, more blessings, more breakthroughs. Hey, I feel a breakthrough coming on. I feel a shifting when I call, when I call on his name. I feel the victory when I call, when I call on his name. I feel breakthroughs in the house today because we're calling on the name of the Lord. Woo! I feel a lifting in the congregation. I feel a breakthrough in the congregation. I feel victory. I feel a shift. I feel glory in the house today. Somebody say, when I call, I call on your name. Come on, let's call on his name, everybody. Oh, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. I feel a shifting. I feel a breakthrough. I feel victory. I feel healing. I feel lifting. Because we're calling on the name. The name that is above every name. That at the mighty name of Jesus every knee should bow. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. I'm telling you what my brothers and sisters. I want to jump. I want to shout. I want to run. I want to dance. When I call on his name. Woo. Ha ha ha. Did you know this? The joy is the serious business of heaven. They're not sitting up there like some of you are looking today. They're dancing. They're shouting. They're giving God the praise that he deserves. Woo! Ha, ha, ha. I feel a shifting when I call. When I call on your name. I feel victory when I call. When I call on your name. Woo! Glory! Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha ha! Call him up! Call him up! Call him up! Call him up! Woo! Jeremiah says, call unto me. And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Those things that have been hidden shall be revealed. That money that is held back shall be released, saith the Lord. Because I feel a breakthrough in the house today. As I call on his name. I call on his name. Come on, everybody, stand up. Let's call on the name of the Lord. Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Say it with me right now. In the name of Jesus, I claim my financial need met. We take our authority. We take our place. Devil, we serve you notice. 
you take your hands off of our money now in Jesus name Now say it with me. Now ministering spirits. Go now. And cause. The money to come. The breakthrough to come. The blessing to come. Everybody jump, jump, jump. (laughs) Glory to God. I say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If they can jump, jump, jump in hip-hop concerts, we can jump, jump, jump in the church. Glory to God. Woo! <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. But no, never forget it. You'll never have Rolex living by Timex giving. You'll never have Mercedes living with skateboard giving, folks. Ha, ha, ha. I feel a breakthrough in the house today. I feel a breakthrough in the house today. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Woo! Glory to God. If you will get addicted to giving, God will support your habit. Hallelujah. He will support your habit. And your giving will define your legacy. Even as Dorcas legacy was defined by her faithfulness and her giving they're still talking about the generosity of this lady today she sowed and she sowed and she gave and she gave and her legacy was defined what kind of legacy do you want do you want the legacy of being a miser do you want the legacy of being stingy Or do you want the legacy of being generous? Do you want your household to be filled with goodness and your children and your children's children to be blessed in their generation? Then don't just be a receiver. My name is Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. I'll take all your gimme, gimme, gimme. But rather be a giver, giver, giver. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm I'm telling you, some high fives are in order. Give your neighbor a high five. Glory to God. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. What are you laughing about? I'm laughing at the devil. I'm laughing at the devil because he's under my feet. I'm laughing at lack because it's under my feet. I'm laughing at disease because it's under my feet. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Woo. All right. All you happy folks, be seated.